Lewis and myself, there was a long cylindrical object that just went by. I don't know what it was. It just looked like an alien spaceship. Welcome, Earthlings. How are you? I'm, I'm so glad to, to uh, re-establish re my uh, conversation with you people. We're going to talk today a little bit about uh, President Eisenhower. He, uh, he warned us what was going to happen, and he gave a, a speech in the uh, last days of his administration, and uh, he warned us of this uh, thing he liked to call the military-industrial complex. And it's made up of um, agencies that uh, control uh, decisions within our government. And uh, he was concerned that... Uh, and the private companies that manufacture yeah. aerospace. Yes, all the aerospace. It was uh, all controlled by the, uh, the statements within the... Um, the different agencies that had control over information that they would trust to be shared with the public. The, um, the president wasn't too happy about uh, keeping secrets from the public. And uh, this was... Um, well, you're talking about Eisenhower, who pretty much modernized the presidency by using radio and TV to communicate directly with the public too. Mm -hmm. So he was about transparency at least. Yes. I think that was kind of unprecedented at the time. Yeah, he was one of the few presidents uh, in the, in the, after the war which wanted to share uh, technological information with the public and uh, it, uh, it mattered that, to him a, a lot. And today, a lot of that uh, research goes on in a particular uh, state now in uh, Nevada hmm. and uh, there's plenty of other areas that do the uh, work of the government but Nevada seems to be the primary uh, state and uh, New Mexico also has uh, research areas but Nevada has been special place yeah and I heard that's why there's like no taxes there because you're taking in all that radiation from the outer space material. Hmm. Okay, I just made that up. Hmm. In Nevada, the uh, the test sites uh, for nuclear devices were, uh, it was a common area to detonate uh, during the uh, 40s, and uh, eventually they started... Oh, I want to detonate some stuff. They started detonating these weapons in uh, the South Pacific and all over the planet, and uh, this is what I believe became a... Uh, a doorbell for the aliens to come here because according to books that I've read on this subject, these mm -hmm. aliens got involved in the United States operations during the war. And when we were testing these, these bombs in various locations, there were sightings. Mm -hmm. And uh, these sightings were, uh, they were, first of all, they were, they were not considered important because they didn't know what they were, but they, they did keep track of them. 
eventually there were more and more of them, so they they kept a closer look at these things, and eventually uh, they crashed, and we got a hold. Uh, we got a hold on a one, and uh, it became uh, public knowledge. And as soon as it became public knowledge, the government shut it down. And this is what became the famous Roswell uh, story. And you know what's interesting about what you 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 pointed out that word technology. I mean, isn't that everything today? Technology, and this is back in 1961 when he made the speech. Um, and uh, but the technology was seen as a way to have an advantage over in a military way over your over the your, other countries. Your adversaries, yeah. Right. So these things became, uh, or at least that's what they. <laughs> they well, also use that to the maximum effect to keep a lid on everything. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it just like we were interested in in uh, technology, so were other uh, governments interested in technology. That's why during the war, the uh, the Eisen the uh, Eisenbergs, I think they were called the, uh, who uh, sold the. Uh, information on nuclear weapons to the Russians. Oh. The Eisenberg, the Eisen, um, hmm. what were they called, the Eisenbergs? I, I'm not, I'm not fully Which, familiar with that one, but I know some other cases where there's, <laughs> I know, I've read some whistleblower accounts from Los Alamos and, and how loosey-goosey things were around there. Yeah. For our maximum security lab, it didn't seem too tight. So th this uh, this governing agency, which, which controls uh, things that the president says the, the government uh, had ways to control information and and the uh, president would have to abide by those controls and this is what was the basis of the national security act and the agency that was connected with it so all this technological um, information that would evolve out of the Roswell crash would be used eventually against our adversaries. And well, we would try to keep all this information confidential. Any money that would be spent on these projects would be considered black projects and they wouldn't have to be detailed when you say black projects, is that, I think, CIA? Is that what? Yeah, well, all CIA projects were considered black projects, which didn't have to be detailed to the Congress. So when uh, the authorization went through, it was smooth. There was no objections to different uh, parts of these uh, black projects. They would all be considered important. Let's just say... For a government official, it would be like your American Express black card. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> un un uh, registered, untraceable, untraceable, unlimited, <laughs> and unaccountable for what was spent, because not necessarily paid for by taxpayer money, but the drugs that were that they bought with the money were then sold, and then that paid for. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, yeah, there's there's long long standing reports of, of this since the '60s, I believe. 
Well, the, 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 the government had to create a way to create money. And these agencies set out to conduct uh, what would be called uh, illegal operations. Oh, and, I was about to say I need me some of those agencies, but now I'm not feeling so hot about that. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's how the whole, the whole uh, Contra affair uh, got underway in uh, supplying uh, armaments for the uh, Sandinistas. Almost every presidency has had its scandal, huh? Oh, <laughs> when yeah. There's been uh, unexplained uh, budgets. Mm -hmm. We'll leave it at that, yeah? Yeah. So speaking of the 60s, this was in 1961, which Eisenhower, I believe it was his last week in office. Mm -hmm. So to sign off, he an interesting thing I read about this speech is um, it was originally they found some old writings of the they found that he there was this particular speech writer that I think helped him with the speech. And in the notes, it said that it was supposed to be an address to Congress. So somewhere along the way, he changed it to addressing the people and, and making it a public address. Uh, and I think that's significant. That's how the public you know, yeah. became aware. So of these, uh, uh, what do you say we give it a spin? Want to roll tape? Yep. All right. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizen can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. Akin to and largely responsible for the sweeping changes in our industrial military posture has been the technological revolution during recent decades. Exactly what you were saying. In this revolution, research has become central. It also becomes more formalized, complex, and costly. A steadily increasing share is conducted for, by, or at the direction of the federal government. Today, the solitary inventor, tinkering in his shop, has been overshadowed by task forces of scientists in task, laboratories task and testing fields. In the same fashion, the free university historically the fountainhead of free ideas and scientific discovery, has experienced a revolution in the conduct of research. Partly because of the huge costs involved, a government contract becomes virtually a substitute for intellectual curiosity. For every old blackboard, there are now hundreds of new electronic computers. <laughs> The prospect of domination of the nation's scholars by federal employment, project allocations, and the power of money is ever-present and is gravely to be regarded. Gravely. Yet in holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself 
become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't say that better today. That's amazing. Uh, well, he, he was quite disgusted with the secrecy that's going on within the, this, the growing agencies that were created in the 40s. You know, these, these, these agencies, the CIA, the National Security Act, and the United States Air Force were created to silence technological information that they would gather because they they see, they they kept this this subject away from the public eye and they kept the public thinking that it was all nonsense right. when actually research and development was going on at all these different places that they put this technology IBM got some of it I think that's the thing. I think I think no matter which side of the political spectrum you're on, I think some people see it a shadow government on this side, and maybe others see it more as big business is eating, you know, is, is sucking up the profits and mm -hmm. squeezing the little man. Mm -hmm. But let's face it, isn't it both? Isn't it? Aren't they working together? Isn't that the problem that that we have too many government agencies without oversight or with extremely obvious, uh, uh, you know? bad uh <laughs> yeah uh, you know uh, basically you have a, a public time. government and you have a private government the public government gets to hear you know things that that the government uh, will allow you to hear the private government is the secret government that president eisenhower spoke about in his speech yeah and then so so that's and then so but when big business has meetings with big politicians those are in private too and mm -hmm. that's where the stuff that we don't get to see we get so behind we can, closed we can, doors we can yes. speculate that it's somewhere between those two parties that um, american liberty is usually less left at the bottom of the list <laughs> well uh, when i when i review information that i have acquired over the years on this unusual subject i i continually realize that the the outrageous precautions that the government has went to to keep this in a nonsensical point of uh, reality so the public is confused they, they don't know oh if it's true or it's, it could be or it may be they, they, they like this kind of uh, feeling because well, this well, way they well, don't well, have well, to well, answer well, questions look at the advent of well, no, look at look at the advancement of technology today and the fact that we can do almost anything with our cell phone. So exactly. we have this amazing technology in, at our fingertips. And what has it done? It's made the average attention span of not just kids, everyone, much shorter. So the attention span is short. And when the attention span stays focused on, you know, when the general public is more familiar with uh you know what the Kardashians did last. What co what color dresses they bought at the, at Macy's uh, last week instead of you know wh who the, what the name of the Secretary of State is? Mm -hmm. Then we got you know that's part of the problem. And um, but let's face it, we just want the truth wherever it comes from. 
We need we could we we need, we need an alien WikiLeaks is what we need. Our country is so important to the rest of the world, especially when you look today at what's going on and you think back of just a, a decade ago how different things were um at the rate we're going if we don't control our country we're going to lose everything that we spent during the the development of our country we we're going to lose it all and uh, these these agencies that that our government put into effect to control the information about this unusual subject has has confused the the future because people are doubtful on one hand that uh, this stuff is true and yet on the other hand the, the when they look into it they they realize that uh, they're not getting the whole truth and it seems to be suspicious so then people are doubtful about believing the government in the at all and that's a terrible thing the government should be trusted we should be sharing this technological information we are the leaders of the world no other country has provided the well that's what's interesting why where's everybody else you Everybody know. wants to come to America. Why? No, but I mean, the, you know, we, we can't we can't assume that the only, oops, my bad, the only, um, you know, uh, crashes have been in in the United States. In fact, we we, we can see that in the MJ twelve documents, the the SOM, I believe it was, right, the manual that shows, even if it's outside the U.S., we may be retrieving items, mm -hmm. I, uh, <laughs> items of interest. Yeah. <laughs> if other governments were brought into this this secret when we became aware of this arrival then they would be cooperating with keeping the silence well i think what's what's interesting is now with the multimedia and, and the the ease of content going around the world I mean, that's why they started leaking out those couple of alien videos and uh, controlling the narrative at their speed. But what's going to happen when, you know, someone goes up in Elon's rocket and sees something up there? <laughs> yeah. And he uh, and he doesn't have any restrictions on talking about it unless he's being. Uh, I know what will happen. The iPhone will block it and, t and they'll be deplatformed by the time they land back on Earth and then no one will see it. <laughs> There, yeah, there are there are many reasons why we, uh, as humans, uh, are going to be doubtful about the existence of these creatures that are allegedly uh, visiting us. Well, yeah, because like you know, it's disturbing. It, it, it's what other word can you use? Really, it's going to be uh, you know the the carpet under your feet. Is going to start moving. <laughs> it's a, to the, think, the, you know, you're, it's very, it's a shocking reality. So I think when you start thinking, well, if it's possible, oh my God, is that possible? <laughs> it's, a, it's hard to just leave it open as a possibility when you don't really want to think about it in the first place. Also, yeah, it's, we it's, do, it's, but you know, it's, it, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's an amazing 
secret to be kept all these years and yet the more and more we we move as a as a human species into the future we're going to have to be con confronted with the awareness that uh there's many planets out there we don't know what's going to happen i mean one day yeah there could be something real obvious but until then we got to rely on our whistleblowers right and i think you had one in mind yeah, we we have a, a space mission which was uh, developed in the, the beginning of the '60s, and different astronauts have uh, had on occasion to talk about their experiences mm -hmm. in space, and some of them have been more talkative than others, uh, especially Dr. Edgar Mitchell, and uh, we have a segment on dr mitchell which i'm going to let you listen to and listen to his explanation of what he experienced they obviously have a different body configuration than we do and the little of uh, the little grays that's the most prevalent one he walked on the moon tonight he says aliens are among us Former astronaut Lake Worth resident Edgar Mitchell has raised some eyebrows and ruffled some feathers with his claims. Tonight, News Channel 5's Tim Malloy goes one-on-one -on -one with this true believer. With his beloved terrier in his lap and his comfortable Lake Worth home, he could be a retired insurance salesman. But take a look at Edgar Mitchell's wall, his photo gallery, that picture taken on the moon, February the 6th, 1971. What more can an explorer want? And to be where humans have never been and to observe gather your data go back and tell the people ed mitchell can captivate you talking about his nine hour and 17 minute moonwalk it was a record but there's something else he'd like you to know i don't know how many or where or how they're doing it but um, they've been observing us and here for quite some time and we see these craft all the time ed mitchell is a straight talker and a true believer that we are not alone. I believe what I'm saying, and I cite the evidence that I know. He says that the government he served in the military and as an astronaut is perpetuating cover-ups of alien sightings, going all the way back to the legendary 1947 Roswell incident, an alleged alien spacecraft crash, where remains were allegedly recovered. The reason for the denial was, uh, number one, we didn't, they didn't know if these were hostile and could we... Uh, protect ourselves from them, didn't want the Soviets to know, so they devised to, to lie about it and cover it up. Mitchell is unbothered by critics who think the guy with the right stuff has taken a wrong turn. He has no doubt there are alien craft observing Earth right now, and many more out there looking for us. How many civilizations could there be, or do you believe there are out there? Billions. We've got billions of uh, billions and billions of stars in a galaxy and billions and billions of galaxies and it doesn't take uh, but, a, but a few planets around a few stars to have quite a few uh, civilizations. Dr. Mitchell is one of only 12 people who have walked on the moon. He says he has never personally seen an alien but believes the people who say they have. Well now, well now, well now. What'd you think about that? I have other astronauts who. Um, I have other astronauts who have made statements in um, mm -hmm. 
concurrence with Dr. Mitchell. So uh, there's more than just uh, one astronaut that have uh, expressed um, awareness of these creatures. So our government has been playing a little bit of a game with uh, the public. We, uh, we can't stop uh, the government from trying to keep us uh, uninformed. So the only way that the public can actually find out more is this podcast. Is, is this podcast <laughs> and some, some good books that are available. And uh, I will recommend some of them over the next uh, few episodes. You can episodes. put them on the page. You can put them on, your web, on the web page. Yes. I uh, became so interested in this subject that I started acquiring books and papers and statements that have been made over the years, which uh, gave me many, many indications that this subject is being covered up big time. And uh, I think there's an overwhelming amount of evidence in a lot of different areas that all point to such an existence. It became such an issue and became such a uh, hot topic in the press that eventually the Vatican was made aware of the presence of these uh, creatures. And once the Vatican was informed that uh, we are not alone that in the That they're universe, not the highest power? <laughs> <laughs> the church. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. This is going to blow. You know, it has the propensity to blow people's whole their mind and in what I call a debasing kind of way for your own existence and belief system. That's at the root of your beliefs. You were raised this way, believing this and believing in God and believing this religion and believing that this is the meaning of life. The ch the church having been made aware of this unusual uh, occurrence in the 40s, um, they uh, issued a statement on the, uh, the awareness of this uh, existence and that it should not interfere with our belief <laughs> in an almighty uh, God yeah. that created everything including the universe itself. So this is my, my God's bigger than your God kind of thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. That it, it, the, the church changed this, uh, the, uh, the awareness statement of we're not alone by, by trying to make the public not discount that God could exist and yet still accept that he may have created other intelligences in the universe so that we would never be totally alone and we would eventually reach a, a, a level of technology that we would start to communicate with each other as a, as a species and uh kind of makes you wonder they're smarter than that <laughs> yeah i mean if we're smart enough to pick up sounds and 
Oh, you mean like the sounds in, in, from the moon? Well, no, sounds in, in general on, on different planets that, that uh, indicate a, uh, a volcano going off. And, and we can detect these, these, uh, these different, uh, how would you say? Uh, Seismograph? Or that, the, I'm trying to look for the word. Um, the environmental changes on planets. Mm. We, can, we can experience these things on our own planet from thousands of miles away and 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 a, and a technology that's more evolved than us is going to have even more of an ability to detect to detect life itself out there well and i think that's what having i think that, that's what facebook is trying to do them they're working with elon on, on a solution for that yeah so we're when all you go tied out in, in space, with elon musk yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh <laughs> that's that's tremendous you're right i think you're right we 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 tend to underestimate where we will be in the future and yeah i mean it, it, to me it's, our evolving it's, technology is amazing in the last 50 years what we've accomplished and uh what the next 50 years holds for humanity uh how far in the future would an alien existence be what do you think well, we shouldn't put any limits on it. Exactly. So, I mean, if we if we if we're stuck on thinking, oh, in a few thousand years, <laughs> that would be enough, wouldn't it? A few th oh, two thousand years. Yeah, that would be enough. Let's to go think back about. to when we started counting years, two thousand years ago, and let's talk technology, and that's going to bring us to the ancient aliens. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a good foray right there. <laughs> a whole nother topic. A whole other topic to be talked about next time. I I think that uh, the comings and goings of civilizations on our planet have uh, left our planet with many many indications that we've been visited, and uh, I will I will try to explain a little bit of that next episode. Right on now, ancient just, aliens. Yeah, I just I just want to make the public aware that this tremendous lie that has been put against us to keep us from believing that we were visited in the forties and we are being continually watched for whatever reason is uh, is their uh, motive for coming here. Um, it, it just can't be coming here to watch us uh, develop nuclear devices. It, it, it has to be they came here for something else. And well, what uh, makes you think? What makes you say that that you don't think it's that's beyond that as well? Because of the length of over the period of time, or the, the, too many other too many um, aspects to this story and different situations. It, it, it all leads to keeping it quiet. Because the more that the you look at it, it, it shows that uh, our our universe is so full of life that our planet has been revisited and will be uh, uh, the subject of a, a, another visit in the future by some other creatures from some other area within the cosmos. I mean, there's different directions you can go: north and west and south and east and north you know 
Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no end to the uh, universe. So, uh, <laughs> you got people that could be out there in all kinds of directions. I, I, I mean, uh, you know, I'm no physicist. Okay. But what about if you can, I mean, if, if they can travel from galaxies away, which is not something we can do within a reasonable amount of time. So mm -hmm. if they can, you know, cross the, the, if they can go this, I don't know how fast they're going, but <laughs> if they can, if they can travel in, in, you know, in a few days and get from one galaxy to another, then they must have some technology that we, we've not even imagined yet. Mm -hmm. And what about time travel? I don't, I don't know. It's not my, t you know, not my cup of tea, but, uh, if, if, if you can move that fast, it seems like it, it may even break some of the laws of physics that we as we know it. So I'm, I'm kind of reaching in case of you scientists out there. Don't don't hit me up too bad. But. Well, now you're talking about <laughs> Einstein and his uh, wormholes, his theories of uh, time travel and uh, mm -hmm. different ways to. Uh, but remember, the Earth, move the from Earth one place was, uh, to used to be flat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our, our minds have been opened because of technology and uh, certain people in, in uh, our, our, um, our, our uh, civilization have believed that mankind can't stand, can't uh, stay alone forever. Eventually, it's going to catch up and we're going to cross paths with these creatures. Okay. But I, I got to go here a little bit because you said next time we're going to talk about ancient aliens. So to me, it's, yeah. we've been talking about this. We've known each other for a while. So there's so many aspects to the ancient alien story, but it just, it, it the more I've looked into Von Daniken's theories and the other two French guys that wrote books right before him, there was this body of work that came out in this area of war, you know, the scientist, or at least in, uh, was Von Daniken, is he considered a scientist? I mean, at this point he's considered an expert in his field, but he has a strong belief that there is in the ancient artifacts of ancient Egypt, and the pyramids that are in different places in the world lie the secrets that we have in this. Well, that's why a lot of people have uh, started looking at his uh, theory more closely because uh, it makes so much sense that the, uh, the past monuments that were built couldn't have been built by people who didn't have any uh, knowledge about the, uh, masonry or uh <laughs> precision uh the ability to cut through two two ton rocks yeah i mean uh, <laughs> when i was in school i, I mean I, I i thought everybody in ancient in the ancient past lived in the, in a in a teepee or a tent you know i never imagined uh, that there would be people out there cutting stone you know, uh, with the precision of a diamond uh, cut uh, tool, 
that you, you know it just doesn't exist in the past and where where did this information <clears throat> come from with rocks that traveled uh, hundreds of miles i believe each uh, yeah i mean some of these locations for the for the uh, the, the placement of where rocks. these these stones <laughs> came from i mean they came from not just a mile away but hundreds of miles away how can I call it a rock when it weighs over two tons? Each? Yeah, and uh, who, where did they pick this up? We didn't have any cranes and uh, and and uh, big trucks to, to to pull this stuff. But what strikes me about it is if you think of the monoliths, what's there's even I considered to be one on the moon. There's been some on other seen on other planets. But look at on look at Stonehenge. Look at um, the different the different pyramids in South and Central America. Uh, was it, if these were left by ancient aliens, they wanted to tell us something. That to me is different than today, where we've it's like we don't get to know anything. Yeah, well, because uh, because people a few hundred years ago didn't pay much attention to these monuments. They 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 thought that they were unusual, but they didn't think that there was any special. Uh, Maybe they didn't think we were going to populate so fast. <laughs> yeah. then we never noticed these things they had nobody to talk to about it either so until until people became experts in certain fields and play and used that that uh that knowledge to study the von Daniken theory there would be no understanding of this uh pre-existence of uh, an advanced technology because there's too many indications that uh, there were people on this planet thousands of years ago that had more knowledge than we give them credit for, and uh, the, the, still, the, the still remnants of these many things that are unexplainable. Yeah, and and the reason they're unexplainable is because they're uh, put there by uh, developed country or a nation that had technology that we just didn't have we can't do these things today i mean we can build buildings but not out of two ton and three tons stone blocks of yeah and the thing that did it for rock. me is the not just the you know yeah that that is hard to get over the, that there's no explanation for how they moved cut and placed. transported placed with no like if you're talking about the giza pyramid right they placed these rocks without mason uh without any type of uh, cement and they're just laying on top of each other and with airtight can't even place a piece of in paper perfect contour them. to each other to all the adjacent rocks surrounding it in perfect shape contour that there's in the exact airtight. center and the exact center of the land masses of our planet over two tons each with people that had sticks and stones yeah i mean why why would they spend so much time building a a a, a, a building of such enormous proportions with with a 10-foot shaft that goes up at an angle right all from the bottom to the top and kind of cross what does it do it goes up to a little chamber at the very top mm -hmm. and 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 <laughs> scientists and and uh, made of stone no less 
we uh, yeah, we all thought they were places where mummies were put, but there has never been a, a mummy found in the Great Pyramid. The Great Pyramid in Egypt is different than the uh, areas that they have found where there were mummies. Well, you called it to my attention that it's not for uh, what's. How do you make a pyramid? <laughs> It's not three perfect sides it's, uh, that are perfectly flat, but they kind of indent very, very slightly. And what yeah, I it, read it, about that, you, you got me so interested in that. Yeah, you'd, that have, was, to, you'd have to see the Great Pyramid of Egypt from the air to really see the unusual shape that it has. It, it's not just a four-sided uh, object. It's actually eight because of that slight indent there's a slight indentation halfway between each corner of the pyramid before before you if you measure the pyramid and you go halfway down it's gonna have a concave kind of shape which you could only really see from the air and from what i understand only in uh, the, the equinox twice a year does it make a shadow a slight right. shadow so is, is the pyramid a sundial it, it seems to have been uh, a few things because yeah. of its placement near the nile um um researchers have uh found that there were areas within the pyramid itself that showed it acted as a generator because they found shafts underneath the pyramid which led right to the Nile River and provided a waterway which would flow underneath the pyramid and with the rise and fall of the tide would compact itself underneath the pyramid and, and act as a, uh, a pulsating um, kind of um, engine or motor. Or yeah, like, a, like an engine or a generator. <laughs> Very uh, unusual, uh, but when they explain it, it, it shows you that... Uh, the pyramid was a lot more complicated than just being uh, a bunch of rocks. Another fact, another factoid. It's a it it, it is within line with um, with pi. Yeah, it's a, mathematics. It's, it's an isosceles. Uh, what do you call it? It's a it's a perfect triangle. Pi r square. It, it the the width of the sides is exactly the height to the yeah. peak. Yeah, how could we and do it's a per, it's, things? It's how could we do things in the past like that without sophistication and mathematics? Did, and how could it conform to pi that long ago? Yeah, it's it's you one mean of the baffling the mysteries. Wrong, they've been teaching us the wrong math for two thousand years, man. I'm now I'm I'm angry about this. I'm going to be angry sending <laughs> my kid to second grade tomorrow. <laughs> Well, I, I still don't understand pie. <laughs> <laughs> I love apple pie. I grew up in the South, so when I talk about pie, my, my, my accent comes back a little bit. I give me some of that. Uh, I like the pecan pie, and I like the uh, some of the lemon meringue pie, and some of that. But 
Uh, oh, my favorite's <laughs> apple pie. Key lime, key lime pie. Uh, the kiwi pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that way at least, you know, next time I get a birthday cake, I think I'm going to make it in the form of a pyramid. <laughs> yeah, that would be a tasty, tasty looking. Uh, I, I remember when my father when I must have been nine years old, eight, nine, ten, in that range, he came. He was he had had he'd come home with this book by Von Daniken, and it was the uh, Chariots of the Gods. I still remember the name because it's just so it was such a cool name. <laughs> mm-hmm. As a kid, I'm like, wow, what's that? And I'm seeing all these gold-looking things and masks and symbols, and he was talking to us about it. Um, about Von Daniken's beliefs that we were visited in the past. And um, so we do focus a lot on the 1940s and 50s and where the where the information highway began to go underground. But all that stuff is, you know, I, I can't wait to go myself and visit some of these places. Yeah, well... It, it would be extremely enlightening. To stand I want to go on the equinox to the pyramid, man. That's what I'm. That's what I'm planning to do. The pyramid in Egypt is uh, quite and, a. And we, can we do a pod, can we do a podcast from there? <laughs> the, uh, the to stand in front of the pyramid. My sister, my sister was there, and she stood in front of the pyramids, and she was just amazed. The, to stand in front of them as opposed to seeing the pictures of mm-hmm. them, it's just mind-blowing to, to stand in front of the Pyramid of Egypt. I just want to get close enough where I can hear it and see if there is like a little engine in there, like <laughs> something like that. I'm sure I'll get some vibe, but if I could, if I hear that, I'll really be convinced. The, uh, the subject of ancient aliens, uh, I usually call them ancient astronauts which is a more it's more accurate, accurate way yeah, I, you're right i feel that they should be uh classified as because as as astronauts the the whole theory makes more sense if if you if you try to think of these creatures as just aliens it doesn't hit you as hard as when you place them in the ancient astronaut category it because it humanizes, it humanizes them more it, <laughs> it makes you put yourself them. in their shoes and, and that's what and we're the, doing as astronauts going out there and landing on planets the big question that von daniken placed on the back of his uh his book was a question that really stuck with me and it always has. And that question is, is God an astronaut? And that question has always stuck with me because it, it, it placed the visiting aliens in that, category, in that category, category that we misinterpreted technology and placed it in a religious category. And that's how we got sidetracked into thinking 
that we were created by God, and in essence, we were probably put together by these creatures, manipulating our genes, our DNA. And but, but who's to say it can't be both? Because if you believe you have a higher power and you believe in a certain religion, just because it's all, it's all, it's, it's, it's our human limitation to visualize God in our image sitting in a chair because right. that's our own, that's what our capacity is. You know, that's how we can, we have to visualize it like that for some reason. It's a human nature, right? Yeah. Well, but if you're, if you, school, when you think about it, you have to be open-minded. You have to, you, you don't know what that energy force is exactly. If it's a higher power than you, then how could you even contemplate it fully? Or it wouldn't, by definition, be a higher power. So I kind of swore myself off to thinking myself in circles about that a long time ago because I'm like, well, if it's a higher power, then they're doing th stuff I don't even know nothing about. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it so much. Yeah, well, I, I went to school uh, in a Catholic uh, surrounding. So I was well-educated in uh, Catholicism. I had how about Ezekiel? I had how lessons. about the book of Ezekiel that talks about the wheel in the sky. Right, it's in the Bible. You could some people have argued. And that particular incident uh, in the Bible is what uh, drew Eric von Daniken into this uh, theory of um, mm -hmm. ET being included excuse me, in the Old Testament, because the Old Testament could be the biggest flying saucer book of them all. I tell you what, when we come back next week and do the ancient aliens, we're going to go over, we're going to go over that bit as well. <laughs> I uh, usually don't like to get into two different subjects, but th these two subjects are interconnected. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. We, you know, the word technology applies to what you know. We've we've been using that word a lot tonight, mm -hmm. and it's crossed the barrier between Eisenhower's statements of mm -hmm. the industrial military complex and the technology that, and then what you were just saying about it being gospel to people today, and then which we know we're, we we're all aware it's it, you know it's ruling the roost, and then in the middle of it all, we were talking about the government conspiracy of information and using uh, that information right. to develop our country into a, a better country because the technology that we've I, and, and I think that's, to, I think we expect our government to do that right to to be looking out for us to have a technological advantage I mean as as the free leader of the world, I think that comes with the territory and you would expect them to do that on some level, but then how far did they go with that? To just bury everything under that moniker of top secret or two levels above top secret. What if the, what if the aliens uh, are condoning this? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that all the time, like what if it, you know, 
if I go back to the old movies when I was a kid, the cartoons, right? Take me to your leaders, right? So they went to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And they went to Mitch McConnell and we all got sold under the river. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out in that scenario. Well, we, we, we hope and we assume that these aliens didn't go to uh, the Pope, you know, they could China. be maybe they went to the Pope. Maybe they went to we, who they could be in touch with someone on Earth, though. And we just don't know. That's that's the point. I hope they're in charge. I mean, or I hope they're in uh, cahoots with the Americans instead of uh, our adversaries. Right. Because uh, I would like to have me a nice little anti-gravity uh, 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 machine gun or two. <laughs> yeah, because uh, freedom is is what everybody wants. That's I why think so. everybody comes to America. Uh, our country stands for the future. You know, other countries don't stand for the future as much as America. Uh, I think it goes with all corruption. Corruption doesn't wants to slow walk change, right? Because they're in power, they have the money flowing, and they want to keep it that way, or they want to increase it and squeeze you even more. And maybe that's what we're in the middle of right now. But we're definitely in the middle of a squeeze of information, and that's why we got Mr. Bob Bria here doing this podcast, just to show you an alternate view into the governmental picture, picture show. Yes, and this uh, next week's episode is going to be more detailed about the uh, the cover-up and how well, deep I, it goes. I think w when we go into the ancient aliens, that, again, is going to be what you're going to be bringing up, the the amount of uh, the blockage of the information. And, mm -hmm. uh, and um, we don't want to get too far into it here, but we'll be talking about that next week. Yeah, because I could talk about it for days. And I will bring. I'm going to bring in some Ezekiel. We're going to go through the wheel in the sky part of Ezekiel. If you're dying, then you got to go read it for yourself because it's pretty chilling. I, uh, the hair stood on up on the back of my neck uh, when I reread it. With and I need all the hair to stand up <laughs> on my back. <laughs> all right, everybody. We want to thank all y'all for coming in live to the pod room. The pod bean room where we do it live. You guys come on through. A John, thank you for coming through. Have some questions Forsaken. next time. Thank you for coming through. Just Rob, thank you for coming through. And anyone else I forgot about? We had some uh, we had some activity in there today. We want to appreciate. We want to say thank you to you guys. And we'll be back next week, Tuesday, eight p.m. Or shortly thereafter, we'll be uploading to our other formats. This is UFOs Top Secret with expert Mr. Bob Bria. You want to say something, Mr. Bria? Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs>